Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the word. We want to welcome those of you from around the world that download um, with us and that study along with us. We appreciate you ever so much. We pray that God will bless you as you study his word. Uh, We'd love for you to subscribe to our channel and uh, um, enjoy continued efforts of our teachings of God's Word. Today, we're teaching on understanding the office of the priest, and we're going to dip into Isaiah today and look into some of Isaiah's writings to Israel concerning the priesthood, concerning worship in particular. So, uh, uh, again, we welcome you. Contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. And then, of course, don't forget about our book, I Surrender, on Amazon or in your local bookstores. So let's have a word of prayer, and then we will go into today's teaching. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. And then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Now, Jesus, we sanctify ourselves, yield ourselves, and sanctify ourselves to you. We ask you to speak through the Holy Spirit and show us what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate And then uh, as we do that and receive it, we will release it to your people. And your people can then be blessed and corrected and led by the word of God. We thank you for that. Expose yourself through your word in Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen. Let's begin today with scripture that Isaiah is speaking to Israel. Now he's speaking to Israel concerning worship. We're going to find that in Isaiah 58. And we're going to take a few minutes here and look through Isaiah 58 and some scripture that comes up in Isaiah 59. And so here's verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice with a trumpet. And show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. So we know that what Isaiah is dealing with here is the tabernacle worship. He's dealing with their process of uh, worship using the priesthood to that consummates itself in the approach of God. So Israel sought God daily, of course, in the tabernacle, and they saw God daily in the camp. They worshipped him through the means that they were provided, and their heart was set upon justice. And they took delight in approaching God. This worship thing was was a big deal in Israel because they delighted to know his ways and they, as a nation, were made to be, through their worship, in right standing with God. 
They did all the worship and produced it as God had designed. It became justice to them as God revealed himself to Israel. The priests took great delight in the operation that God had laid down in the divine design for Israel. Verse 3, Wherefore, have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure, and exact all your labors. This is Israel talking to God. Someone here along the lines in the state of Israel in regard to worship had come under a diminished condition of worship. And so they begin to question God's engagement with them concerning the ordinances of fasting. They said, we paid the price to come. We paid the price to raise or purchase the sacrifice. But to us it seems as if you are not watching. <laughs> Why was this? Well, because they had begun to take great pleasure in the prices that they were paying. They took pleasure in their labor to do something that appeared to be spiritual. Can you see that they lost sight of the plan of God? They forgot the content of their inner self. They forgot the tears of contrition that once marked their worship. They forgot that they were coming to God for relief. They forgot that God had made and set forth worship requirements that must be completed. In other words, they got extremely comfortable doing rituals and being, began to see their own involvement as a key. This brought them great pleasure and the opportunity to see themselves as the center of worship. Now, doesn't that sound eerily familiar? This is a picture of our current condition with respect to our worship. We place ourselves as the center of attention. It is as if we have paid a great price by getting up, by coming into his house, by singing, praying, and so forth. For that, of course, we should be rewarded by anything and everything that reeks of a blessing. This obviously is not for Israel and is not for our day acceptable to God. Verse 4, Behold ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness, when ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. You do what you do to expose yourself for the applause of men. You look down upon those who are not as spiritual as you perceive yourself to be. And it becomes really a bone of contention when you look upon those who are not as overtly focused on the style of worship as you are. This sets on fire the lawless side of you as you mentally chastise those who do not seem to be as busy as you are. Your idea is that by much noise and saying that God may hear you. He does not, and actually your worship becomes muted to him. It's because it's found 
to have as its, at its core and source the incorrect purpose, strife, debate, and lawlessness. This worship style is not acceptable to God. Verse 5, It is such a fast, is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul, is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? God here is questioning Israel. Is this the means of worship that I have chosen? Is a day when a man through a man's means begins to afflict his soul, is that what this is all about? If a man intellectually determines a solemn day because it is a convenient day for him, is that a day and a time of which God has chosen? Even if you look spiritual by doing things that you perceive as spiritual, does that really make you spiritual? Does your physical position make you spiritual? Does your surroundings make you spiritual? Does your day of intellectual determination make you spiritual? What has any of this to do with what is acceptable to God? Verse 6, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free? And that ye break every yoke? What has God determined to accomplish in your worship? Now listen to the scripture. To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and let the oppressed go free, that ye break every yoke. Huh. If you are worshiping and you are not transformed by the worship, then you've accomplished absolutely nothing. If you attend and come and go unchanged, you're wasting your time. The bondage of lawlessness before God must be eradicated from your person completely. How will you do so? Worship done in the way in which God has established will always produce the thing that God intended it to produce. Correct worship will undo the heavy burdens of life. Truly, you can come unto him all you who labor and are heavy laden and find rest for your souls. Do you find this rest when you worship? If not, my friend, then your worship has been a waste of time. On what, you would ask? Upon making yourself have and produce a feeling? On appearances? On spiritual display? To enhance your standing in the church? What is it that I am to worship? Or am I supposed to be in churches that have absolutely no display and therefore they operate in piety? You pride yourself upon your ability to show nothing publicly. To have no emotional engagement, to work diligently is not allowed for any influence in the spirit to touch you at all. You sit, stand, sing, and listen only. Nothing comes out of your vessel that ministers to God. And here's the reason, because nothing enters or passes into your vessel 
that would minister to you. Your worship is clueless and useless in the economy of God. Now is he watching this misguided and misused method of worship? Of course he is. He did this and watches you just as he watched Israel. So you say, okay, your worship is not completed in a Pentecostal style, you say. So what? Now listen to what I'm about to say next. The style is not the question. Worship can be accomplished in many ways. There are many who have worshipped in a three by six jail cell and found the God of the universe ministering in their inner man. So the style is not the question, nor is the place the question. Worship can be accomplished in many ways, but worship that comes from the position of a man that understands his position in the priesthood is always associated with one thing, the organization of the inner man. When the inner man is able to reveal what has been done for him by the plan of God and who has done the work that transformed him, then there is worship. You see, we come into our houses today with our tabernacle ill-prepared. And therefore, we think because we sing a few songs, stand up, sit down, yay, yay, yay. <laughs> we think that's worship, and it's not. Because worship is an inner activity. And out of the inner organization of the tabernacle in you, out of that comes an abundance and your mouth begins to speak the praise of God. When the inner tabernacle has been prepared through the understanding of such things as, but the most important thing I can give you about worship is understanding the names of Jesus and how to operate in those names. And you doing that prior to the worship service, then there is worship. When the internet identifies with all of the works of Jesus and bows before him, there is worship. It has not one thing to do with the environment. It has to do with the environment in your inner man. It does not have to do with the sanctuary, the music, the organ, the pianist, the song leader. It has to do with what's going on inside of you. If that worship is right, and if you are doing what should be done in that environment, then out of you will come worship that will be acceptable by God. The display, my friend, is not the answer. Jumping and shouting and running and following, falling and uh, squiggling along the floor, that is not the answer to worship, although... We know that the activity of God operates in many different ways according to Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians 12. But those things are not the display. The display is what is organized inside of you. And then out of the abundance of that organization, your mouth begins to speak. What's it speaking of? Simple, the wonderful works of God. 
That's what you're worshiping on. Not some song, but the wonderful works of God. The display is not the answer. To run, jump, shout, roll, and all of that is not the answer. To run across the pews is not the answer. I was down in Mississippi one time, and I heard a man tell, uh, this is a facetious story, but he talked about an evangelist that they had exposed rafters in the church, and he got up and jumped up in the rafters and began to run across the top of the rafters. And after church, the pastor said to him, said, what are you doing? The evangelist says to him, you just got to understand, this plain old shout and just don't cut it anymore. It's not in the display, my friend. It's in the inner organization of worship that flows out of your tabernacle. Your earthly vessel must dissolve and the treasure that is in your house that is built by God in you must be revealed. Without the dissolution of dissolution of the earth, we have no worship. If we stay in the flesh and we sing all of the songs, we pat our hands to all the beat of the music, and we just go right along and we wave our hands and all of that, now, does not contain acceptable worship. Why? Because acceptable worship is what comes out of the man whose priestly operation has brought to order the tabernacle that resides within him. Out of him then will come words concerning the wonderful works of God that are in him and operating out of him. So you come to church with problems on your mind. Can you worship then? Nope. You are tempted to make an intellectual determination. You say, I will go to church because it's my duty to go even though I have so much else in my life to be concerned with. And duty, my friend, then creates strife and debate. Where? In you. Because your spirit man wants to worship and your intellectual man says, I got too much on my mind. So there's strife and debate. It's not with someone else. It's with you. Your lawless side is at work. How do you say, I made the decision to go to church? Well, you made the decision to show your piety, and now you're in church and your troubles have disengaged you from the worship. But you are there and those around you see that you are being, as they would say, faithful. Uh, not really. You're operating out of a ritual. Your worship is there, is falling on deaf ears. It may be heard by those that are as intellectual as you, but it's not falling on any ears that have any spiritual influence. Why is that? Because you failed to prepare. Your natural side has overthrown your spiritual side and there is no worship. Strife and debate has occurred on you, inside of you. And your tabernacle now is ill-prepared. The problem is, without correct emphasis, this process will become the norm for you. 
Unless you understand what I'm teaching about organizing and setting in order your tabernacle and being the priest over yourself, this life of coming in ill-prepared and leaving less prepared will become normal for you. You will come in with trouble and leave with trouble. You will go and come with trouble. Trouble will encompass you. Trouble will circle around you. And there will be no relief because your tabernacle has been let to run dry. What a shame. And it becomes normal. And you come and go in church and see no difference. And you would eventually say, man, this church is dead. It ain't the church. It ain't the word. It's not the preacher. It's you. It's you, friend. You have grown cold and indifferent because no one told you that you were responsible for the preparation of your own tabernacle. Now, they might have told you to pray and they might have told you to read the word and you might have done that for a minute or two here and there. But having never understood the preparation of the tabernacle, what true worship is, how to order your tabernacle, how to communicate with your tabernacle, and how to bring the presence and the power of God abundantly out of you, has left you dry, it has left you uh, attentive, inattentive, it has left you spiritually unstable. It's for this reason that churches that have allowed this without teaching truth have absolutely no meaning for worship and are filled to the brim with dying people. Now, I've had people come in and out of my church and they don't like the message. They don't like the singing. They don't like the move of the Spirit. They don't like this, that, and the other. What is that telling me? Well, it's telling me that they are spiritually dead. They're in a priest. They have not taken care of their tabernacle. They do not understand the priesthood of their tabernacle. Therefore, they fight against everything and anything that has any spiritual influence. Why? Because they're living in the intellect. They have determined what the solemn day will look like. They have determined what church is supposed to be. They have determined where their comfort zone is. And so, what happens? They go dead, and they come dead. They walk around dead, and they are serving in a structure that has become a monument to the dead. Oh my God. Some of you might get mad at me, but if you will just consider what I'm teaching, what I'm telling you, and go to the Word of God, you will see that there is a purpose and a reason that Jesus became the high priest over his own sacrifice and called you brethren and made you priest a holy nation before him. That was to order and organize your inner man. If you do so, you will shun and avoid any church that is dead. Why would you do it? If you read Revelation chapter 3, you will find that Jesus rebukes every dead church. He rebukes them. So therefore, when you go and come with no inner transformation, you're lukewarm. 
spewed out of his mouth. Is it not, verse 7, to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. In correct worship, there is always a correct emphasis. The witness of the accurate and correct worship is seen in how you minister to your community. It is seen in how you minister in your own circle of influence. If you're a failure here, then your worship is misplaced, misguided, and you are not operating as a priest of your own tabernacle. I've had people say to me, no, I can't speak to my family. No, I can't speak to those in my community. No, I, I can't talk to those. They are just too steeped. Well, my friend, listen to Scripture. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him. Now watch this. And that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Your worship, my friends, must be intense. It will not be, however, if your worship is wrong. Now you consider that. If your worship is wrong, the things of God and the ministry of God will have very little impact upon who you are. You will become very comfortable in your surroundings and you will share the gospel with no one. Why? Because you've become comfortable. I'm going to heaven, you would say. And what happens to the world now? Well, you know, uh, they wouldn't listen to me. Who am I? You don't know who you are. Why not? Because you have never organized and set in order the priesthood that is in you so that your tabernacle can be organized into the place of the presence of Almighty God and His Son who would lead you and guide you into all truth, show you things to come and speak out of you the words that needed to be said, but no, because your worship is wrong, you decide not only to have no intensity, but to have no intention. You'll not extend yourself at all to your circle of influence. Then some of you would say, well, you know, I asked some people to come to church, and, and they came, and they didn't like it. Well, preacher, they didn't like the way you preach. Okay, that's fine. I, I, I can tell you that um, that doesn't hurt my feelings. It doesn't. What does it tell me? It tells me that their priesthood is inaccurate, that they are not correct because they are not willing to hear the word of God. They are not willing to walk in the things of the Spirit. They are not willing to talk in the things of the Spirit. They are willing to have no transformation. Why? Because my ministry and our worship takes them out of their comfort zone. When you're out of your comfort zone, you know you're going to run to find the thing that comforts you and that matches your own personal taste. This is not about the ministry of the Word of God. This is not about correct worship to them. It is about a place, one woman told me, love your church, love your preaching, love your music. No social life. <laughs> okay, no social life. Uh, I guess that's something that the world thinks is important. I've had people tell me, you know, we love your preaching and we really enjoy, but 
but you guys dabble in spiritual things and, and we're from this flavor of denomination and we don't believe that. Well, now wait a minute. You love the preaching. You love the music. It all seems to rhyme, but because we're spirit-centered spirit and worship-driven, that takes you out of your comfort zone. Well, whatever your excuses are, my friend, it leads people back to the monuments of the dead where they have no intensity and no intention and they never uh, attempt to, to really minister to their circle of influence. Verse 8, Then shall the light break forth as the morning and thy health shall spring forth speedily and thy righteousness shall go before thee the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Who's he speaking to? Those that operate in intensity and with intention as they go about ministering. Ministering to whoever, whenever, and wherever. With worship completed correctly, the benefits of worship follow. Here they are. They are health and they are right standing with God that is seen as you process yourself among the brethren. The glory of the Lord shall be your reward. We will experience the proper weight of his honor and splendor in an abundant supply. He will begin to operate his glory in our tabernacle. That's where that abundant supply is. I didn't say he's going to give you a million dollars. I said he's going to operate in you in an abundant supply. His power and his presence are going to permeate your tabernacle and out of that tabernacle is going to manifest the abundance of the water and the rivers of life that are going to spew out of you in abundance. Why? Because you are living now in the glory of God the splendor of an abundant supply. He'll begin to operate his glory in our tabernacle and we will get up and we will go in a full supply. We'll lay down and sleep in a full supply. In everything we do when our worship is fixed appropriately in our inner tabernacle, his glory will be our reward. We will receive, we will gather, we will take, and we will remove from the heavenly economy what God has planned for those who love him. We know that we have no earthly means to uncover his treasures. We must do so in our inner man so that they are revealed to us by the Spirit. As you can see, correct worship is essential to the blessings of God. And we're going to see that more in detail as we continue in this study. As for today, I'm done. But that doesn't mean I'm finished. Father, I praise you for your word. Open our eyes that we can see. Our ears that we can hear. So that we can do correctly the things that are a necessity to fix our tabernacle. To be prepared for the power and presence of the Father and the Son who will speak out of us and set the Holy Ghost on the move with words that become both spirit and truth. We give you glory and honor for it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Well, may God richly bless you with my prayer. 
Find him as Lord and everything that you have in your life will bow to that name. Find him as the man in the Godhead, my friend, because from there he will communicate to you and show you great and mighty things that are to come. May God bless you until we speak again.